Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of That's Entertaining. This week we will be going back just a little bit and discussing Daredevil Season 2. We've discussed the first season and we've discussed most of all the other stuff in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's time to catch back up with Daredevil Season 2. And joining me this evening, making his return, is the one, the only, the coach of about 17 sports, Coach Mo. <laughs> Hey guys. And making his That's Entertaining debut is Lobo Rican. Lobo It's what they would say if that was my name. It's only my alias. This is Q the Unstoppable. Q the Unstoppable. Welcome to the program, Q. We look forward to your many entertaining thoughts and insights. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> so, gentlemen, let's cue, since this is your first time, why don't you go ahead and tell us what has been entertaining you in recent memory? Yeah, man, uh, absolutely. So, actually, I recently bought a copy of uh, Deadpool on Blu-ray. Um, I watched it twice on movie theaters, and I loved it. So, I'll, I definitely been watching. I think I watched it a couple times in the last week. And every time I watch it, I catch something new that was, it's like I catch a new joke that I didn't catch the first time. So it's almost like I'm finding even more humor in Deadpool the second and third and fourth times watching it than the first time. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great movie. It was amazing. Uh, also, just also, I'm, I'm a gamer, um, just like Mo and Nathan. So I've been playing uh, some Halo 5 and some Overwatch. I love both of those games. Also, I've been playing some Destiny uh, this week, this past week, not as much because we couldn't get my, my crew together. Um, but yeah, besides that, I'm just kind of starting a new summer internship, so I kind of been focusing a lot on that. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. So you said that you have been playing games like Halo and stuff like that, but but really, you want to play Peggle, don't you? Um, I would love to play Pagel with you, Nathan. It would be the greatest honor among living men. However, um, I've, I've heard from Mo that you are a ruthless adversary. And if it's anything like my experience playing <laughs> IDARP, <laughs> and if it's anything like my experience playing IDARP with you, where you score goals across the freaking screen, it will not be an enjoyable experience and it will, uh, it will not end quickly. Okay. But it might be entertaining. I mean. It might be entertaining. I'll, I'll 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 give it a shot for you, Nathan. I'll, I will give it a <laughs> shot. I will play at least one match of Pagel for you. All right, sounds good. And with that, one thing that I know that Mo has been entertained by recently is Pagel. So Mo, what else have you been entertained by? Other than than Pagel too, uh, I actually I, I was lucky enough to play three games of baseball against one adversary, uh, our friend Brian. Um, the first game. He was winning five to four in the ninth inning, and I don't want to cry laughing like I did at the time. But when you play someone online, you have this counter, and when it gets to zero, you forfeit the game. It just means you were paused too long. Did he? Did he? The counter got to zero <laughs> in the ninth <laughs> inning of him being up five four, and I I was like, okay, it says except for the win because he wasted his time. So I pushed the button. What was he doing? It, uh, he just was really trying to beat me, and it, he did have a great match. Um, he he deserved to win that game, uh, and and so you know, then we played a second time, but my dog stepped on my Star Wars PS4 controller, oh. and I could only throw fastballs. 
because it was like, <laughs> you know, like when you have a button stuck down. So the controller was only reading, and I'm like, this is really weird because that was supposed to be a curveball and didn't break. Uh, and so we we friendly quit that one, and I went and got my wife's uh, Uncharted controller. We played a third game, and sadly, his Kansas City Royals lost to my Cubbies 4-0. I just want to bring this up because I don't know if Brian's going to listen to this, but Brian, I'm really sorry that happened to you, but it was really entertaining. <laughs> I mean, I... I know Brian, and I, I was thinking while it was paused, was, are there any packs that you can open in this game? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, there are, but they, they're not in the actual game mode. No, I think he was, like, trying to find the best pinch hitter or best, you know, substitution. He was he was very methodical uh, in trying to get that W. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the universe, the universe has had my back. So Nice. So anything you've been watching recently? Uh, I went to go see X-Men Apocalypse, which you can listen to in the previous. Uh, that's entertaining. I also saw the Angry Birds movie. Um, I nice. actually thought it was kind of funny. Uh, okay. I really, really enjoyed. Like, I like going to those the cartoony movies. I love art. And so I don't always listen to the dialogue as much as I should. I'm more concentrated on the way they drew certain scenes. Like Zootopia. I love Zootopia. It comes out on DVD in like a week. I will be picking it up. I will be watching it like seven times because I want to see all the art. I want to see the behind the scenes stuff because I love, I love that there are people who are so talented that can do those things, um, and that's why I, I super. I, I'm a huge cartoon movie fan. I haven't seen Zootopia. I want to watch it. It's really really it is, good. It is so good. Yeah. Like I walked into that movie theater on a Friday night because we had no other plans, and I walked out of there saying that movie was like just so good in so many ways that it was just so it was so satisfying to watch yeah so good i want to watch it so he said next week it comes out yeah i think it's uh next week it it comes out on dvd and uh, i'm gonna jump right on that very cool anything else sir uh that's the stuff i feel comfortable mentioning right now um you know i I do have one question for you yeah that doesn't have to do with Peggle. It's okay. Oh, okay. okay good. <laughs> Didn't you um, say you saw Through the Looking Glass? I did. Um, that was the right. I watched that right before X Men Apocalypse. So I saw, the, the, I saw that that Friday, Thursday night. Yeah. So the box office numbers have come in now because we're recording this a little early because of I'll be traveling. But the box office actuals came in today, and that movie severely underperformed. And the critical reception of that movie is. Pretty bad, to say the least. What are your thoughts, spoiler-free, of that movie? If you read the book, you are going to absolutely love this. If you never read the book, you're not going to understand what's happening. There's a book? Oh, my goodness. Yes, uh, this is based (laughs) off of a book. Is it Um, actually called Through the Looking Glass? Yeah. yeah. Um, The whole series is actually based off of a book that then Disney said, hey, we like some of the stuff. We're going to interpret it into a movie. Um, but they made some changes, altered some things to make it more Disney friendly. And so everybody grew up with that movie idea of Alice in Wonderland and not what the actual book was. The book was much uh, darker, much more intense. Um, and so these are a lot closer in that that way. Um, and I love the books. Um, I have them. And um, if, if you read the books, you're going to love it. If you did not read the books, it's going to seem a little too dark for that kind of movie, and you're going to miss out on some stuff. Interesting. Good to know. 
see, that's that's why I do this podcast, folks. I learn things as well. Because Mo's a teacher. <laughs> yep. So, I have been entertained by the season finales of a lot of the TV shows have come now, and I've been able to watch them thanks to Hulu. And I'll just go through, like, a, a shotgun order real quick. Arrow, eh, it was okay. Uh... If the, if it comes back another season, I won't be like super anxious to watch it, but I will keep watching it because I've watched everything up until this point. So Arrow is just okay. Flash was good, interesting way to end it. I'm wondering what they're going to be doing uh, going forward with that. So they have their hooks in me there. Gotham had an interesting last couple episodes, and I'll continue watching on just to see where it goes. But that move or that show is. Is interesting to say the least. I I can't really recommend it, but I can't not recommend it. It's it's weird. It's it it's odd, but it's it's so weird because it's set before cell phones, but not before cell phones. Like they're all driving these older cars and older technology everywhere, but people have cell phones, so I don't get it. Like I don't understand their technology of what they're actually doing with with everything. Like they have, you know a freeze gun and things like that that do this stuff over here, but they have CRT monitors over here and old fashioned TVs, but then he'll pick up a cell phone. I'm like, what is, I don't understand this technology. This isn't steampunk or anything. It's supposed to be just like a weird amalgam of time, I guess. Uh, anyway, so that, that was that. Then there's agents of shield, which, uh, Oh boy. That show. I don't know. <laughs> Like, it's, it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's in the same universe as Daredevil, which we'll be talking about tonight, and the Avengers movies and all that good stuff. But, man, I, I'm watching it just because I feel like I have to at this point. It's not like I'm enjoying everything I watch. And it's sad because there was a point where it was. I was looking forward to each week. But now, like, weeks will go past, and I haven't even caught up. I got like, oh, I got to catch up before Hulu runs out of the five episodes, you know what I mean? Because it, it keeps the latest five episodes on Hulu, so you got to watch it before it cycles them through. So I kind of binged the last four episodes of that, and I mean it was okay, but I mean it's nothing to look forward to, in my opinion. It's just it's it's kind of losing its way from what I would say, but uh, we'll see what it does in the future. Speaking of the future, Legends of Tomorrow, that is a, another show that just had a weird pacing through the whole season. There were some episodes that were good, but some that were terrible. But as a whole, I think it's okay. Again, I can't not recommend it, but I can't really recommend it. <laughs> but the last the last couple of episodes were actually pretty decent if you're if you're watching the whole season. And the very last bit made it all worth it for me just to see where it goes in the next season. So I talked about Arrow. I talked about Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So without further ado, let's journey into Hell's Kitchen. Daredevil, Season 2. Mo, what did you think Overall, just give me your quick impressions, and then we'll kind of just go show or episode by episode, kind of see what you thought. And how how are you gauging this as you watched it? Um, okay, so I streamed through Jessica Jones uh, with my wife right before this. 
Um, we had some issues with that one, just with stuff I didn't like. But then you kind of fall in love with that character towards the end. Um, and if you've read the comics, you kind of know where she's going. So you're like, yes, I know that you and Luke Cage get married and have kids. Cool. Spoilers for anybody who didn't know that. My bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when we get to Hell's Kitchen, I still, like, throughout that whole season, my biggest issue is that Froggy and him didn't make up. Foggy. Well, Foggy, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Foggy and him didn't make up. Like, if you're best friends and your best friends out there saving people's lives... People that you know that the police do not have the ability to stand up to. We saw what was happening when the police tried to stand up to the Punisher. Like, bad things were happening. And with this, with the Kingpin, with all these things going on, like, you should, as a friend, go, you're killing yourself, saving this city, but at least somebody is, and you should be behind him. Like, you should be helping, not being pissed off at him because he's saving the city. And that was like that whole thing kind of ruined the first couple episodes because I'm sitting there going, I want to root for you guys as a team, but you can't unite. And that not him, him not having a a group behind him kind of made him that lone ranger person, which I did not want him to be because in the comics, Daredevil, he's friends with everybody because everybody knows like he cares so much. You know what I mean? Like, he's got that much love. Like, there are a couple runs where Hulk stops by to get help from Daredevil because he's like, I know how smart you are. I know that you have my back. I know I can trust you. And so the Hulk stops for legal counsel. And he does it because he trusts him. I feel like somebody with that kind of... That kind of story behind him should have that in the series. Um, I love where they went with the Punisher. I thought that was amazing. And I love how the last probably two episodes boiled into this giant, awesome epicenter of action and adventure and unknowns. And I, I can't wait to see where they go. I just would love to see some more crossover action happening throughout the whole series. Like, that would be the biggest thing for me. It's, I'd love to see a shout-out to Jessica Jones. You know what I mean? They keep they keep shouting out the MCU, but they don't shout at each other. There was a shout to Jessica Jones a couple times, like a reference to mm-hmm. her, and then obviously Foggy being offered the job by that character from Jessica Jones. Yep, that was like it wasn't enough. Like if they're, these timelines are having at the same time, they should be run. There should have been a scene where they're running into each other, or they're beating up a bad guy. Or something's happening where it's it comes together. Like, there should have been a mention of Kilroy. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Daredevil would have gone, there's a dude who can control people's minds. Maybe I should help with that. <laughs> like, wait, there's this dude who can make you do whatever he wants you to. And, like, people are just dying all the place. Maybe I should look into, like, helping in some way. Not no mention of him trying to help or stop him or anything like that was where my my biggest concerns were was i feel like they keep shouting out the mcu cinematic universe like the movies but they don't shout out each other and their timelines don't seem to mesh and that was something where i was getting a little little angsty with i think that's definitely like a challenge that they have to deal with on a creative sense the the fact that these are different uh, like creative licenses, you know, Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones, and now I think coming soon is um, Luke Cage, right? Like they had the the teaser for that. Um, and at, you know, we 
Yeah, we, we know they're in the same city, right? They're in New York. Like Jessica Jones said in New York, Luke Cage owns a bar like down the street in Hell's Kitchen. Like technically, I think Luke Cage and Matt Murdock live in the same. They're best friends in the comic books. And they live in like the same neighborhood. So it's it's a little it's tough sometimes to as a fan, as a Marvel fanboy, which I've been since I was a little kid, to have a suspension of disbelief that lasts so long to where I'm like, okay, Hell's Kitchen's going up in flames, the Punisher's wiping out people, and yet only Daredevil is there to do anything about it. When I know as a fanboy that I'm I'm being asked to suspend the reality of the MCU. And I, I, I agree. Sometimes it's hard to do that. Even if the show is so good, sometimes I, I, as a fanboy, sometimes I have a hard time getting out of the way. It, so. so before I go any farther, I want to make sure that the listener understands that from this point on, there will be full spoilers for daredevil seasons one and two, Jessica Jones uh, any MCU movie at this point, uh, including Civil War. So if you haven't seen Civil War and every other MCU movie and every other MCU TV show, spoilers. So just we want should, to cover ourselves there. We should go ahead and say there'll be spoilers for Infinity Wars. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm dropping. Every, I, Dude, I stole when the script. Came in here. I stole the screen. The the screenwrite and uh, um, what what is it called? The the screen uh, <laughs> screenplay. Screenplay, and I'm just gonna drop the whole thing on Kotaku tonight, and so Mo can disclaim it tomorrow. You know, nope, you <laughs> nope I don't believe that at all. <laughs> so going on with that point that you guys were talking about, right? You know, Jessica Jones is from which which borough is she technically in? Um, so Daredevil's I, in Hell's uh, Kitchen. Where's Jessica Jones stationed in? Typically, is she just in like Manhattan? Or is there another spot? Honestly, like I had the impression that so Jessica Don't Jones. Don't the garment district. That's sexist. <laughs> Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, and there and Matt Murdock are called like the underground heroes. Like there are these like less powerful Marvel superheroes. Obviously, they're not like the A cast of the Avengers, but they're more like the people who want to have like a regular life and want to keep that life as as normal as possible and yet they're willing to be superheroes. I had a feeling that she was also in the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood because since we're doing spoilers, she marries Luke Cage in the future. Right. Like From her the character. Comic book. Right. So I had a feeling that they were like in the same they were Hell's Kitchen also. Because I think Luke, Luke that's where his bar is in Luke, in Hell's Kitchen. So then my, she, my point, I was looking up she is in Hell's Kitchen. Okay. So, then, how far away is Hell's Kitchen from Queens? I mean, that's where Spider-Man is at this point. He's technically around at this point, I believe. According to Civil War, about six months before the events of Civil War, he was doing his thing. And you also got Iron Man, who's pretty much based... He's got, he's got a, a tower in... In there, so is he ever like flying above, you know, in a scene or something like that to go do something or be like, oh, look, it's Iron Man. According to Bing Maps, Hell's Kitchen is 12.4 miles from Queens or 23 minutes without traffic. So I think Spider Man can make it in about 20 minutes, Webslinging, maybe 15. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, by, by that logic, yeah, I mean, Avengers Tower is in New York City. Um, 
And also, I mean, I know this is like right now, like the licensing is owned by uh, Fox, but the Fantastic Four headquarters are also based in New York. Mm -hmm. And technically, Steve Rogers, I think, still lives in New York, too. Everybody lives in New York. (laughs) What's up with that? They need to come down to the south where I am. Look, man, Raleigh, Durham. (laughs) Someone needs to come to Chicago. Great real estate, great real estate, super cheap. Captain America. A superhero couldn't last in Chicago. (laughs) The only one that could do anything would be Hulk, and I don't know know how the the people would react. Dude, we'll give him some deep dish and some dogs. He'll be good. Little Bertillo said life would be perfect. Mm -hmm. He'd never be angry again. No, he'd he'd just (laughs) banner all the time. like, hey, man, we need some help. He's like, I I can't do nothing. We don't have any hot dogs. What? (laughs) <laughs> That's the only way he'd lose it. <laughs> so I don't know. I just wanted to bring that out there because like everybody seems to be stationed. Oh, uh, well, not everybody, but you know, in the vicinity of New York or New York City. Right. So anyway, continuing on, why don't we just talk a little bit about these episodes now as we go through? So you know, at the end of last season, or at the end of season one, rather, he Daredevil fights Wilson Fisk and gets him uh, arrested. He exposes him for what he he did, and that's how that ends, right? And so, in episode one, it's entitled Bang, the, there's a Russian mafia, and then there's a Chinese league, Yakuza, and everybody, and there's an Irish mob. So, when this Irish mob shows up here, I don't know about you guys, but I was just waiting for Bullseye to show up. Mm. Was anybody else waiting for Bullseye to show up here? Uh, I, I was not. I was ex- I was somewhat expecting it, but I felt like honestly because I had seen no content leading up to that with him, I almost like I told myself that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I mean the same kind of thing here. I was like, well, he's not going to show because I haven't heard anything about Bullseye being in this because I think that'd be a big deal. But when this yeah. Irish group was in here, I was just like, there's going to be Bullseye. Come on, there has to be Bullseye. He never does show up, but so they get gunned down and. We don't see who does it, right? Well, I went straight to Punisher on that only well, yeah. because if you saw the movies. <laughs> no, right. like that was my head was, wait, doesn't he like waste everybody? And there was already spoilers out for me that he was in there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, this has to be Punisher, right? And ends up, yes, it is Punisher. Well, the, the spoiler for me was the Netflix like cover art for the TV show. Like it had <laughs> like the Punisher, Punisher. – on it, it was mm-hmm. like, well, thanks Netflix. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Yeah, they gotta get their <laughs> cover art game right because I remember last season they, and it was early on after they released, they changed the cover art to being Daredevil in the suit, like in the in-game suit. I'm like, guys, don't don't do that. He, you you just told me what he got. Yeah, you like you just told me that he's gonna be okay and he's gonna get a suit by the end of the season. Don't <laughs> stop it. Stop. So, anyway, so that happens. Dude goes, that survives, goes and seeks out Matt Murdock because he wants, you know, he knows Matt Murdock as being a a guy that can represent him, him and Foggy. And we go on to Dogs to a Gunfight, episode mm-hmm. two. So, there was a, a pretty big uh, shot to the head that, he took from daredevil or from punisher at the end of that at first episode and even though he was able to absorb the shot with his armor that he has i mean he's still like laid out right what did you guys think of the first actual on-screen appearance of the punisher 
I thought they did a great job because he so when he gets shot for the people who maybe you're still listening, even though we told you spoilers and you haven't seen it, um, when he gets shot, Punisher's not doing it to kill him. Like he sees what the armor's done to other shots and he goes, You listen, I'm getting real tired of you coming after me. I got a plan, I got something I gotta do. So he puts it right where the armor is and at super close range. And that's where the armor it absorbs that that quick high impact, and they get that like blat his concussion. He's out. Um, but like when I saw that, I wasn't like, oh, he's trying to kill him. I was like, he's trying to tell you, leave me alone. Like I'm tired of fighting you. Let's. I got stuff that's got to be done, mm-hmm. which is stays true to the Punisher character. Like he has one thing in his head: avenge his family. That's it. There's nothing else up there. I really like the Punisher. I. I mean, the Punisher is supposed to be a former uh, either Special Forces or Marine. I'm not sure that is consistent. I think in some versions of his life, he's like a different military like branch. Like he might either be Special Forces or Ranger or Marine. I think in this show, he's a Marine. He's a like Marine uh, Force Recon, something like that. Um, I I'm, I'm former military myself, and I know a lot of guys who are you know. You know, special operations, especially here in North Carolina. Like, we have Fort Bragg, JSOC. Join, I mean, basically, we're surrounded by guys who, like, are basically their personalities are just like the Punisher. And not in the sense that they're, like, out there shooting up Irish mar- cartels. But in the sense that, like, it's all, like, they are, like, you know, like, they're very, like, stoic. They're very mission-driven. They're very mission-focused. And once they set a goal on something... They approach that goal emotionless or maybe not uh, unemotional. Yeah, yeah, basically they detach emotion from their mission and they are incredibly – so basically I felt like the, rep- the, the military representation of, of the Punisher as a former uh, service member, as a former Marine grunt who is now um, – no, he wasn't a grunt. He was an officer. But a Marine uh, – you know, yeah, yeah, a Marine who, who, who felt like his society has betrayed him even though he's given up everything for – society i feel like that depiction of him was dead on i feel like i've seen people like similar like soldiers and marines who felt like society has letting them down and it's kind of that same persona that same like blank stare like i don't give a crap about (laughs) the rest of society because society's like let me down and i felt like i bonded in some sense with the punisher and at times i mean at times i really really was rooting for him uh, and maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm, I'm okay with saying that, but I really, I mean, I, being honest, I, I, I really bonded with him as a character. And that led to one of my favorite uh, moments actually in the series is when they're trying Punisher. Um, he submits, gets arrested, um, and he's in trial and Murdoch and company are representing him and they want him to plead um, PTSD. No, that's not right. Post-traumatic stress disorder, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, some, yeah I think I was and, and he literally says, no, I don't have that, and I'm not going to bring down the people who really do. And I was like, yes. Like, that was awesome for the character because he was saying, like, no, I've seen what that happens in my boys. I've seen what that happens in my troops. I see what that happens to the, the people I've, I've fought with, and I don't have it. And I'm not going to let you throw me under the bus like that, and I'm not going to let you insult them. And that with me was like, it just showed his moral line. He's like, no, I'm not going to lie to save myself. I'm not going to do that when it's bringing down someone else. Like, I'm not going to cover myself that way. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And that was like, that moment was awesome for me. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just super powerful. Yeah. 
it was good. I mean, the second episode it has a lot of stuff packed into it, you know, because you get the the nickname the Punisher in that point. That's when you first hear it, I believe. And so Matt gets knocked unconscious, right, at the end of that movie, or at the end of the episode, because there's a big gunfight. The Grotto, is his name Grotto? Yeah, Grotto escapes. And the next one is entitled New York's Finest. And this episode, uh, if you say Punisher and Daredevil, or Punisher and Daredevil on a roof, that's basically this episode, right? Yep. So they have this discussion up there on the roof. They, you kind of understand where Frank's coming from. You can get the understanding that Frank doesn't care who Daredevil is, but I mean, he understands what he's trying to accomplish, but his methods just don't work, right? Um, Daredevil delays them from doing bad, but Punisher stops them from doing bad, essentially. And it's it was just a powerful scene. I mean, a powerful thing because Daredevil is given a gun with a single bullet, and he has a choice of either shooting Grotto, the bad guy that you know committed crimes will commit a crime again, or to shoot Daredevil or to shoot Punisher rather before he shoots Grotto. So. It was a great scene, uh, well acted by everybody, because even though he was behind a mask the whole time, you could feel and see in the, his face Daredevil's, like, his pain and anguish in this whole situation. I, I, for me, one of the most powerful moments in this season, and, and maybe, I mean, as we comment on the second part of the season, this will, I, this is, I'll, I'll basically expand on what I'm saying now. I feel like the, New York's finest was the best episode because of the interactions between Daredevil and the Punisher and how like they both believe in justice, but their approach to justice is the the execution of justice is different. At the end of the day, uh, the Punisher believes in a world where where obviously justice has been you know the, the social contract between people and the government is not enough. Like he's like the police aren't gonna do me justice. You know, law enforcement, the judges, the justice system, the justice system has failed me. I no longer believe in that social contract. I'm just going to do this on my own. So basically, the Punisher has extracted himself from society and that social contract. The Daredevil in some way has. And I think that's why he can connect with the Punisher in some ways. Like, because obviously the Daredevil is a vigilante who, who obviously like <laughs> is taking matters into his own hands. So I think in some ways he connects with the Punisher, but at the same time, he. In, in in some sense, because of his his uh, I mean, we we we're shown in in the TV show time and time again that Matt Murdock is a religious individual. Uh, you know, he goes to the priest over and over again, and he he confesses, he seeks wisdom. He's somebody who, even though knows, even though he knows the system is broken, he still has hope in humanity. While the Punisher is someone who has straight up said humanity sucks. And I feel the conversation between them on the top of the roof, maybe, yeah, maybe it wasn't that insightful, but I felt like I caught enough of their personalities clashing with each other on top of that roof that it made it for one of the, I feel like when I was watching that scene, I was dead quiet and all I could do was just absorb that whole sequence of, 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 uh, of quotes and comments and, and back and forth that it was just that, that scene was absolutely awesome for me. And then the scene after that where they got down the stairs was even better. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. That the was the second like, yeah. <laughs> that was like the hallway scene of this season, right? It was. Mm-hmm. It was. It wasn't as good. I felt well maybe because the second time you do something, it kinda like it's not as good as the first time, obviously. 
but it was still pretty good. It was longer, wasn't it? Because he beats it up like, like way it. more people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just kept coming. But, I mean, he was just in a hallway before, but now he's in a stairway. And it was just, I mean, what do you do? Like, how do you, you know, escalation, right? How do you top yourself? Well, instead of going horizontal, let's go vertical. <laughs> Thought it was good. Well done. So, and the next one is called Penny and Dime. And this is the one where the Irish guy comes to avenge these people that were killed, right? And this is the time where I was like, oh, maybe they are going to bring in uh, Bullseye. And still, nobody thought that Bullseye would come? No, I, 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 I just knew... I just feel like it, there, were, there, were, there would have been too many, too, much, too many different dynamics going on. And I feel like... I don't know. I, I never felt like this guy that we were introduced to early on. I never felt. I mean, were you expecting him to be the bullseye, the the cartel boss? I thought it might be because I mean he was like a big deal coming in there and right. going to set up shop and kind of run things. You know what I mean? If if anything, it leaves a a a future story avenue for a next season, right? Like I mean, the Irish got destroyed in this season so <laughs> uh, i wouldn't be surprised if somehow that was an element of next season right like trying to the irish trying to rebuild whatever scraps are left of their empire or something like that mm-hmm. so through the course of this episode uh punisher is hunted down and he ultimately uh, daredevil stops him and the police arrest the punisher instead of daredevil saving the day the police quote-unquote save the day so that way they can understand that the vigilante justice just won't work. The police have to be seen the ones doing this. And because I think to this point, people were talking about, oh, you know, the devil of, of the Hell's Kitchen, you know, is saving people. The police are not doing anything type scenarios were happening, right? I, what? <laughs> Nathan, did you ask a question? I, I did not catch if there was a question there. <laughs> well... I mean, it was a question, but it was, I guess, you didn't have to answer it. It was just one of those open-ended ones. You could answer it. You might not answer it. Sorry, I was thinking, did they ever have a baseball sequence? What? Like, did, they, did they ever, um, I'm sorry, like, I was trying to remember because I have a lot of old Daredevil comics. I, I probably want to say like 25. And I was thinking, like, sorry, when we were talking about Bullseye, I was like, wasn't he a pitcher? And I just couldn't remember, was there a mention to baseball at some point in time? And so I was, like, trying to think of that because wouldn't that be an awesome way to introduce Bullseye mm-hmm. is that he's playing for the beloved Yankees or Mets? If there was a mention because, to baseball, I did not catch it or remember okay. it at all. Because that's like, that's, like, his origin is, like, he gets pulled up to the major leagues after one game in the minors um, right out of high school, but he gets bored. Like, he's pitching a perfect game through nine innings or something like that and tells the coach I'm good. Cause like he realizes like that's not for him. And so in my head, I was like, was there a mention of baseball? Sorry. I was getting myself sidetracked and trying to like check myself. Cause I couldn't remember if that was his story or Hawkeye story. So yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think that's bullseye story, but I mean, I'm not, I don't know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. I'll leave that to our league of entertaining gentlemen to decipher. Yes, yes. Sorry about that. I, I, I kind of got lost in thought and was going, wait, is that him? <laughs> so, but moving on, the next episode is where Elektra is reintroduced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that character. Why? Like, why, why do you love Elektra? Okay, 
I like my superhero ladies to have a little crazy in them. Um, She's got that. And and the reason and I'm not saying that uh, in any way to be you know derogatory. Like my wife, I I think she's a little crazy, but I also think I'm a little crazy. That's why we work. But for me, like when I'm when I'm watching these, the reason I love She-Hulk, She-Hulk's a little crazy. Like she's like, listen, I don't care that you think I'm a chick and that I can't be successful. I'm gonna wreck you, or Spider Woman, or Jessica Jones. Like there, there's a little crazy there, and I like that. But they're also you know human beings. And when I see Electra, like you know, there's something wrong with this lady. Like she's not okay. And so when they introduced her, I was like, "We're gonna be best friends. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna support you." And I was on her bandwagon almost until the end because she, spoilers, which we've already announced, she literally tracks down the man who had Matt Murdock's dad killed and gives him opportunity to get vengeance. Like she's straight up like, "Hey." Um, babe, I found this dude that you hate. He took your father. Let's kill him. And in her head, totally fine. Matt's head, of course, mm, right and wrong, probably shouldn't murder people, but I'm going to punch him in the face a couple times and call the, call the police. Like, I'll, I'm sorry, like, what she does, she doesn't do it because she wants chaos. She has her own train of thought to make the people she cares about be okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm a fan. I thought that that was the best Electra we've had. I, I, I stand with Mo on the Electra being the best Electra. However, and I love Mo, and I love what he, what he always has to say about everything. So this is not against Mo. This is just me taking a stand on this show. This, for me, is where this season took a turn for the worse. And not the worst as in the worst, but just a worse, not as good as the first part of the season. Mm-hmm. I felt like we had a solid storyline that had a lot of social commentary. And that's what, in, ma- in many ways, that's what made season one great for me. You had this disturbed, traumatized child who is Wilson Fisk, who grows to become this brutal tyrant with somehow the capacity to love and his sense of justice is eliminating those who stand in in the way of his version of hell's kitchen against matt murdoch who obviously we already know what his idea of justice is early in the season we have a similar uh just a just a uh, juxtaposition between the punisher and daredevil once again a brutal former marine who wants justice at all costs, even if it costs him his life. He he doesn't care. He just wants to make the world bleed against Matt Murdock, who is this pious, hopeful human being who believes there's something we're fighting for. And I feel like the introduction of Elektra and the League of Assassins, well, that, that, that's from DC. <laughs> uh, I forget what the, the, the ninjas are in the, the Marvel hand. Universe. The, the hand, my bad, I apologize. Not the League of Assassins or the League of Shadows. The Hand. The introduction of Elektra and the Hand in this season takes away from the social commentary that this show provides. It takes away from the power of of the fact that the Punisher and the the, the Matt Murdock are these huge social commentaries. And, man, by the end of the the season, we're dealing with, like, magical powers and 
people like being resurrected from the dead. And I'm just like, man, like this is not this. I feel like we are watching two different seasons. I feel like the Punisher was a mini season and then the rest of the season became Electra and the hand. And I really, really wanted more of the first type of the of more of the first of the original of the first part of the season. Um, I know people will disagree with me. I know Mo loves Electra. So once again, my commentary is not against Electra. I just felt like it took away the whole the hand story took away from what made the first part of the season so powerful in my in my opinion. No, I, I love what you're saying. And the only thing I wanted to add is if you look at that storyline, one is a local storyline, and then the one with Electra is a universal. The stuff that I think they're trying to mention in that storyline is these people already knowing that Thanos is coming, which ties us into Infinity War. Like They're talking about this huge moment that's going to destroy the world to take over the world. I'm, to me, that's, that's, that's Thanos. You know what I mean? Like, so I love like what you're saying. The local story, the Hell's Kitchen story of uh, Matt Murdock versus the Punisher, but then you have this universal story of the Hand talking about this coming force, this coming mm-hmm. powerful thing, which I, I feel like is their way of trying to like talk about what's about to happen from Civil War to Infinity War. You know what and- I mean? Yeah, and if I may add, I know Nathan, you probably want to jump back in, but if I may add one more thing, maybe maybe this is my curse because I was mentioning earlier in the show how I want more crossover, I want more you know MCU mm-hmm. intervention, and maybe I, this is my this is my poison, right? Like I asked for it and I got it. I I got the yep. hand, um, and and maybe maybe I'm being hypocritical, but I'll be honest. Like I feel like Mad Murdock as an individual doesn't belong in the larger battle for the galaxy between Thanos. And Thor and the Hulk and the Gar- and you know the Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like Matt Murdock is a is a man of humble origins who mm-hmm. is fighting for his city and he's fighting for his neighborhood. And I know that in the comic books he has a long story with the Hand. I think at some point he even was fighting alongside the Hand. I, I think I remember that correctly. Maybe I'm, I'm misremembering the timeline of Marvel Comics. Um, and I completely know he's he's complete, he's ingrained as a character. He's ingrained in the hand and his relationship with Elektra. I and I just wish that we kept Matt Murdock as a character outside of that, you know, universal galactic battle. That is, I think personally, is beyond the scope of him, Luke Cage, and Jessica yeah, Jones. You, you really only need Hulk in that fight, but everybody else wants and, that. And to be honest, it's beyond the scope of even people like Spider Man. Because yeah. Spider-Man doesn't belong fighting Thanos. Like, he, you know, like, he got his butt kicked by the Ant-Man. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, for a while at least, you know. I guess, you know, we already mentioned we're doing spoilers on Civil War too. I guess. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I know I, I went on a little spiel, but I, I felt very strong about, I felt strongly about the the merging of those two parts of the season between the Punisher story and the Electra story, and I wish they hadn't done that. Um, I'm not I'm not I I still love the season. I think it's a great season. It's one of the best uh, TV shows you know this year. But I still felt I wish had they gone back and I wish they hadn't done that. That's that's my thought. So, just to move it along, the next couple episodes, uh, episodes six and seven of the second season are both kind of the same. They are, Matt says, hey, Punisher, let us defend you. Never mind, I'm going to go fight with Elektra. 
and Foggy's <laughs> going to take care of this. That's kind of what the, the second two episodes were both all about, right? Yep. Or the, sorry, six and seven. So you get a little more about, you know, Electra and uh, Daredevil trying to find more about the, the Yakuza people that are got this ledger that she's trying to get a hold of. But the episode I really want to get to is episode eight, Guilty as Sin. So in this one, Punisher is convicted and he's sent to prison. And on his way into prison, he meets one Mr. Wilson Fisk. (laughs) Who was, to this point, obviously pulling the strings to arrange him to come there for his own ends. Obviously, Wilson Fisk is not altruistic. He is a man that does things to serve his own ends, right? So, in Guilty as Sin, we get him right at the very end. And I love at the very end, he's just there for like maybe two minutes. And then you get special guest appearance by, uh, oh, what's his name? Vincent D'Onofrio. And then the next episode is, I think, like seven minutes. It's called Seven Minutes in Heaven. And I think it's just talking about Fisk getting to that point, kind of recapping, going to prison, what he's been through while he's been in prison, kind of coming to the point of where he's at. And guys, this episode, episode nine, is I think where it gets back on track. I do kind of agree with you a little bit, Q, that for a bit it was kind of like wavering a little bit. But episode nine here, because it comes back to be grounded, right? Uh, it 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 goes into another gear. What what do you think, Q? I agree. To be honest, I was really excited when Wilson Fisk met the Punisher because, in many ways, they are. They're very natural allies if the Punisher wasn't so stubborn and arrogant. But at the same time, Wilson Fix is also equally stubborn and arrogant. Uh, So much that he is willing to sacrifice a perfect ally like the Punisher. I mean, doesn't he lock him in that uh, other wing of the prison before he goes to town on like 30 dudes? Oh, yeah. So, Oh, oh, by the way, um, that for me was a much cooler fight sequence than the earlier one that we mentioned. Really? Yeah, because because he had a, he had nothing. He had like the little uh, the little what, what I don't know what that the shank, and he just he takes uh, doesn't he also take on the SWAT team? Uh, oh no 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 he doesn't he doesn't the SWAT team comes in and they finally they open the door back up and stuff like that. Um, I feel like that was a natural alliance, and I agree. If anything, like the little Electra sideshow kind of takes over the season for about two or three episodes, and finally when. The Punisher's in prison, uh, and he's becoming a uh, temporary ally with Wilson Fisk. We definitely move back into that. Hey, this is like we're back from mystical world. We're back to gangster, cartel, social justice, battlefield. And for me, that's where I was like, okay, cool. I feel like this season can still, you know, do itself justice. Mm-hmm. Mo, That was the roughest part for me because, all right, so when I saw the, the Punisher go to jail— I had the like like a flashback, 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 of a movie that happened a couple years ago. Um, you guys ever heard of a movie called Boondock Saints? Uh, yeah. <laughs> when they get arrested and they start smiling, yeah, and they're like please send us to jail because <laughs> we're gonna go clean up shop. That's how I. That was what happened to me when I was like, Punisher's going to jail. Everyone's gonna die. Everyone. He's gonna. He's just gonna lay waste the bad guys. 
Because that's what Punisher does. He kills bad guys. He doesn't join bad guys. He kills bad guys. And so for him to get used by Kingpin like that made me go, you're not the Punisher that I've read. The Punisher that I've read, he's he's Batman-esque in the meticulous precision of what he does. That Punisher was being led by something different than by the goal. The goal is to lay waste to the evil men that killed his family. It should not be to help another criminal. Well, but 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 Wilson Fisk is offering him a way out, though. You know, like, if anything, Wilson Fisk is, is, is as much as Wilson is using the Punisher, the Punisher is using the, the Kingpin. If you're the Punisher, are you going to trust a criminal? As I would, I mean, I think he would trust Wilson's face as much as he trusts Daredevil. I mean, at that specific point, like, mm. I feel like you, you have it. Once again, we go back to that soldier mentality, that Marine mentality. You have a mission. Your mission is to avenge your family. That mission is not done. There's still people out there that, you know, you're still trying to figure out what happened. Right? At, I mean, yeah. I feel like at this point, he's still trying to tie things together. And so he's like, look what, if I rot in jail for, for the next 20 years, I fail my mission. I fail my objective. This scumbag Wilson Fisk is offering me a stupid chance to somehow get back out there and go back to my thing. And if anything, yeah, Wilson Fisk does get the upper hand on the deal. He, you know, he traps him in that side of the wing and he almost dies, uh, the Punisher. And yet he, he his determination, his will, his his devotion to his sense of honor and justice is so great that he lays waste to not because he wants to kill them i don't i mean like he had nothing against those specific dudes obviously they wanted to kill him he killed their boss and now they were all going to go to town on him so he takes them out because he needs to survive so if anyway i feel like it shows him that even in prison his mission is not over his his focus is still strong and he's willing to do what it takes to continue he'll do whatever he has to do to bring justice to his family and when he's in prison he will use Wilson Fisk to his own benefit if he has to. That's what I kind of read into it, too, is like, hey, I don't trust you, but you're offering me a way out here. Possibly I might as well take it and see what I can do on the way. Mo, Mo's a skeptic. He, 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 he I am, but I'm, I'm, I'm normally always a skeptic. <laughs> so, That's good. I, I mean, this is a great episode. I loved it, and it gets a little bit better to me because we get another good scene with Wilson Fisk in this next episode, uh, The Man in the Box, episode 10, where Nel, uh, not Nelson, but uh, Charlie Cox, what did I say Charlie Cox? Matt Murdock. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> uh, it's getting late. Uh, oh, Matt Murdock finds out that before this massacre, Punisher went to Wilson Fisk's cell block and he's like, well, something was up. So there's this confrontation in this next episode between Wilson Fisk and Matt Murdock that is just intense. And it, it, it solidifies why the Kingpin is a menace in my opinion, like why he is who he is. And it just, you know, he goes in there, they sit across from the table and then all of a sudden Kingpin head like bashes his head against the table and just pummels him for like a couple minutes it feels like and then the guards do nothing you know fisk owns the the prison at this point so this fisk man 
in the first season, I didn't really buy him that much as a terrifying villain. But in this one, like he, with the little amount of time that he had in this season, he left a major impact. And man, I can't wait to see where he goes from here. What about you, Mo? See, in the last season, I thought that he had some redeem, like he could be redeemed because he wanted to save Hell's Kitchen. But this season is where he becomes that evil kingpin, that love-to-hate kingpin, that this dude's a monster. Like, you, when he grabs Daredevil, because Daredevil just tells him, like, if you don't tell me what I want to know, like, I can make your life hard. And he goes, if you go near the love of my life, I will make your life a walking nightmare. And he goes on to tell him, like, you don't understand. I will hunt down everything you ever cared about, and you will watch it be destroyed in front of you. And I just sat there going, oh, you're, you're that kind of bad guy. You're the one that threatens grandmas. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not cool with that. Like, he, he literally makes that turn, and you go, okay, yeah, this is one of those, one of those bad guys that nobody wants to be around. You know, talking a whole, whole new level of bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely like that scene when he grabs him and he starts shaking him and he starts beating him against the table. Is it the table he beats him against? Um, it it definitely like sent me like a like goosebumps over over my body. I was like, it, like just like I, first of all, I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Um, I am blanking out on who plays Wilson Fisk. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. Oh my gosh, his act, his his portrayal of the, of the Kingpin is absolutely fantastic. Um. I, I, if this, if the Daredevil as a, as a, as a, fr- as a, as a brand, as a show, as a movie ever gets redone, I don't think there's like a high, pro- there's a high level of, of, uh, of quality to, to reach up to. Um, I was definitely like, this was a scene that definitely scared the crap out of me because I knew, I knew that Daredevil wasn't, wasn't going to die, but for a split second, I saw myself in a situation where the Kingpin would grab me and just, just, overwhelm me with his strength and just beat the crap out of me and it was it was pretty scary it was it was uh uh it was a bear it, it had the it had a, it had the it had a great effect on me as a, as a viewer for sure mm-hmm. really well done and in the in the essence of time or advent of time or whatever let's move on <laughs> so episodes 11 and 12 kind of the same thing uh ninjas and the hand, and there's a weird thing at the hospital with these uh, these kids, right? Like like these kids just kind of are weird and kill this one one of these uh, uh, nurses, and it's just a weird scene. That that's all I really remember from that particular episode. But the hand is taking care of you know coming out there and um, trying to grab these kids back, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they rescue the kids from the basement or the whatever that facility it was that Mark Murdoch kind of like conquers or takes over, and then they're in the hospital. And yeah, the hand comes back and they take back the kids. That was the sole purpose of attacking the hospital. Yeah. So that's basically what happens in in those two episodes is is these kids get taken to the hospital and then they get taken back by this ninja attack sequence. Um, but moving on to our final episode, A Cold Day in Hell's Kitchen. There is another plot with a guy named the Blacksmith that's revealed here, and it was actually a commander for for Frank. 
in the military, and he seems to be the bad guy that's actually orchestrating this whole vendetta against Frank. He actually called the hit on Frank's family, and yeah, so he's the bad guy. And he actually was, in an earlier episode, in the courtroom scene, like, speaking on behalf of Frank Castle and saying that he's a great man, like, he's, he's, you know, he tell this... Uh, this story about how Frank saved all his guys and there was a stupid commander that didn't listen and he was the stupid commander. And it, I, I liked him when I first saw him, but then like they make this turn and he's he's this, this blacksmith character. So interesting plot there. But the main crux, the, the thing that I love about this episode is that in in this building, Matt and Electra are outnumbered, but Matt's going to run away with her. They can get out of this thing. He's going to run away with her. They're going to go live and just live their lives. And it's it'll be over. He, he won't be Daredevil anymore. She won't be Electra. They'll just be together, right? But so they make this pact. They go out on this roof. They fight. But Electra is eventually stabbed and essentially killed for what, as, as far as we know as viewers, she's dead. And right. so then it becomes Daredevil versus all these ninjas. And, I mean, he's at this point tired and you know he's he he's he's fighting because he has to but he doesn't really have the energy and then all of a sudden you hear a shot a ninja goes down and then it shows over to the punisher wearing his skull shirt in full glory and he's helping out the punisher or I mean he's helping out Daredevil take out these ninjas these undead hand ninjas and you know, Daredevil, to this point, was just like, don't kill. There's other choices. He just looks over there, and he's like, thanks, buddy. I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> what happens there, right? I love that scene. What do you guys think? Well, uh, the Punisher, he, he took over the arsenal from the blacksmith, right? That's how he gets all that gear, like, mm-hmm. like that. Because like, he, like, he kills him, and then he takes over that little shed that had all that like high-speed gear. For me, it was, it was the final... Um, not, not redemption, obviously, because the Punisher is, doesn't want redemption. He doesn't want to be redeemed. He is perfectly comfortable who he is. If anything, it, 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 it justifies, it defends who the Punisher is as a character. He is the anti-hero. He's not a villain. He's not a hero. He is the anti-hero. He, in many ways, he's a lot like Deadpool, you know, he's that guy who has friends on either side. But he understands what right is. I mean, he's not a sociopath in the sense that he doesn't know what right is at the end of the day. I mean, he he knows what friendship is. He knows what, he knows what love is. He knows what what justice is. Uh, even in, in a disturbed way, he still acknowledges that those things exist. Obviously, he loved his family. He loved his wife and his children. That's why it hurts him so much because he he knows these things are real and they they exist in the world. And, and if anything, that last scene is like, hell yes, because the Punisher shows you that, yeah, I know I broke the law and I know I'm a murderer, but you know what? I I know I can show respect to people who are trying to make the world a better place. So in many ways, he acknowledges Matt Murdock. He acknowledges the daredevil in his mission. You know, the Punisher is the ultimate mission uh, a comp, uh, objective uh 
completionist, right? Like the the Punisher is Mo's version of you know, it's like the Mo of the Marvel. Like you know, you need to get all the achievements on on the X on the game. You need to get all the achievements. You have to. <laughs> um, he he knows what mission is. He gets mission, so he acknowledges Matt Murdock as a fellow completionist. He's like, you have to complete your mission, so I'm gonna help you out. You know, drop mic. That's it. Nice. No. No. Um. I I couldn't say it better. Like Q nailed it. Like that was one of those things where I was like, where Punisher, who had been telling him like, that you're this isn't gonna work. Like you're not doing it right. You don't understand. And he keeps telling him over and over again. It's like, no, you're gonna have to kill me. And Daredevil's like, no, I'm not gonna do that. You know, we're we're gonna figure this out. And that was Punisher finally going. You have your way, and it, it it's working. And I have my way, and it's working. Okay. And that, for me, was like that moment of Punisher accepting Daredevil. Because up until then, every interaction they had was Punisher basically telling him, dude, you don't have it. Like, you don't understand. You don't understand what it's going to take. And that was kind of his finally saying, okay. All right. I got faith. So... Mm-hmm. So, overall thoughts on Daredevil season two, gentlemen. Mo, go with you first. Um, if you have a summer to waste, <laughs> you you got to see this. If you're busy and there are other things you have planned, and you're like, should I make time for this? I'm fifty fifty on it. Like to me, it's it's like it's like summer reading for students. There are some of those books that are super important, and some that are. Hey, if you get to it, it'd mean a lot to your English teacher. This is one of those where, hey, if you get to it, it's going to mean a lot to the fanboy that you may be friends with. But I don't think it's required. I don't don't think it was good enough for it to be required as a whole. It's got some awesome moments, but it's got a lot of lulls. And unless you enjoy watching a movie or a TV show where the main character is constantly depressed and alone (laughs) and sad... If you want to watch the Harry Potter of comic movies, then sure, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> I think that's to you, Q. <laughs> I think season one of Daredevil got like a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't think Rotten Tomatoes always gets it right, but I think they get it right most of the time. Uh, season two of Daredevil got, I think, around 75, 70, maybe the high 70s. Um, I think that is an accurate, you know, um, uh, rating for this season. And by the way, I consider anything above a seven in Rotten Tomatoes is good entertainment. For me, if something has above a 70, that is something that you should probably watch. You may not watch it, you know, if it's a movie, you may not watch it opening weekend. You may not watch it at the movie theater. You may end up renting it on Redbox or you may end up buying it on like, you know, or renting it on some kind of service. Or maybe watch, but I feel like anything above a seventy deserves your attention. This is a this show is something that can be watched not just by fanboys, but also by people who are loosely aware of what the Marvel universe represents. And I think a lot of that has to do with the power of social commentary through the relationship between Daredevil and the Punisher, and even Wilson Fisk. That triangle of of um, of different definitions of justice, right? Like they each have their definition of what justice means, and they're all they're both they're all three of them are willing to give up their lives in the process of of, of, of pursuing that. Um, 
I think it's definitely worth watching. I, I would, I mean, it's not something that you have to get to right away. And but I will say this, I definitely recommend you not to binge watch this show. It is. Ba- I know people who watch the entire season in one weekend. I do not see. I love this show, but I think part of the power of Daredevil, the Netflix uh, uh, TV show, is how heavy each episode is, and how much emotion and how much commentary there is in each episode. And I feel like if you sit down in a, on a Saturday and you watch eight, nine episodes, I think you're really gonna miss out on what this show has for you. You know, this isn't Modern Family. This is a new girl. This isn't Brooklyn Nine-Nine. This isn't, you know, whatever that show is, uh, Arrow or Flash. This isn't, you know, trash TV. I'm sorry, Nathan, but it's true. <laughs> this is this is, this is is quality television, and there's so much good writing that goes into every episode. Yeah, I agree. It's not like a must-watch. Um, but if you're going to watch it, just take your time. Take your time, you know, watch one episode a day, two episodes a day. Enjoy it and absorb each episode. Enjoy it and just, you know, let it let it settle. That's that's what I got. So hopefully if you've gotten to this point, you realize that this has been a spoiler discussion and you've already watched Daredevil. <laughs> um, but if you haven't, there are some obviously still some good things to, to glean from the show if you haven't seen it yet. So, I mean, I, I would say it's worth a watch, um, but I'm I'm the the guy that says I have to watch everything that's part of the MCU now because it's it's all canon. So I'm the completionist, right? But as far as Daredevil Season 1, Daredevil Season 2, and Jessica Jones, I'd probably put this second on my list. Um, I mean, it's kind of tied for me, honestly, with Jessica Jones for second. And the first Daredevil, I believe, is probably still my, my pinnacle for the MCU TV shows. But as far as this show in particular with um this season like i said it started out pretty good and i like the daredevil stuff with the punisher at the beginning but when electric comes on and the ninjas come i just kind of lose interest a little bit with the ninjas and i did i am one of the guys that watched this over a weekend but you know i would have honestly preferred to have been able to stretch it out maybe watch one episode a day at most or you know maybe watch every other day or something in the episode because like you said there is an emotional impact that resonates with you if you can you know sit back and ruminate on what you watched for a little time instead of going right to the next one but in the world that we live with twitter and everything else where if you don't watch it within the first 13 hours it's going to be spoiled for you you know what i mean it's hard to sidestep those spoilers because a lot of people that you follow like you know, they usually don't tweet spoilers or something like that, but all of a sudden, oh, I love this, this, and this about this, and it's like spoilers of the TV show, and they're just psyched about it because they just watched it, and they don't maybe process that, oh, I shouldn't be, you know, putting this out into the world. That's the reason why I binge-watched it, honestly, is because I was able to avoid spoilers and get it and under understand it, and honestly, those spoilers came quick. I... Had I waited another day to finish it, I would have had spoilers with, you know, Wilson Fisk being in it or other things like that. So, I, I, if you can, if you are in a bubble and you can avoid those spoilers, yeah, spread the stuff out, enjoy it because it took a long time to make it. And if you're just spending 13 hours and that's it, and then not really thinking about it much after that, you're doing yourself and the people that made this a disservice. And you really should. If you enjoy comic book 
movies or TV shows or anything that they're that they're creating now, take your time. Love it. If you enjoy it, spend some time on it, watch it, and just process what you watch before you go right on to the next one. I I kind of hate how Netflix does that thing where it's, you know, in 10 seconds, we're going to go ahead and go to your next episode. I mean, I've actually turned that off on, on some of the things where I can, but it's one of those things where, man, they just, they just want you to keep pumping and pumping because I've gotten sucked into that thing too, like with watching Chuck or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, the next episode is about to start, you know, but it's like, you know what, just, just stop. Binge watching is, I mean, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of it. I've done it. Yeah. But I don't feel good about doing it. You know what I mean? I have you guys ever had that where you binge watch something but you kind of regret binge watching it because there went literally your whole weekend or whatever time you're using? Um, time wise, maybe no because I feel like I was you know t- I mean time is time and I feel like I was gonna do that at some point anyway. Uh, I will say this: I, I mentioned earlier in the show how like I did not watch the first three seasons of Game of Thrones like at, when they came out. Um, so that's because I binge watched them like all first three seasons in like one summer. Actually, in one month, I think July of two years ago, I binge watched like all of Game of Thrones. Actually, you know what? It may have been like for the first four seasons last year or something like that. Anyway, and I really regretted doing that because I feel like I had to go back and rewatch all those seasons again uh, slowly to really appreciate what the show had to offer. So I think that experience just showed me that quality television must be. You know, it's like it's like it's like a really, really expensive and delicious, you know, food. Like you have to appreciate it what you have because, you know, it costs a lot of money and and you're not going to get this very often. You know, it's not like fast food where you just eat it on the go or in your car. Um, so I feel I, I, I agree. I feel like I, I I I don't I don't regret it because of the time invested. I regret it because I feel like I miss out on the full scope of what of what the entertainment has to offer or what the story has to offer. Mo? I don't know if I've ever binge watched something other than <laughs> Castle. Nice. I, we did we did Castle once, um, and I that's one of those things where I don't think it matters too much because the stories kind of inter interconnect and there's not a huge like emotional toll. And when there is, like you just want to know that they're okay in the next episode. Um, I don't know if I've ever done a lot of binge watching, so I can't. I don't know if I can give a good answer. Fair. You know what I mean? So that brings me to my question for you, dear listener. What are your thoughts on binge watching? Do you prefer it? Do you enjoy it? Do you find yourself doing it just so you don't get spoiled uh, like me? I, I'm just curious as to what the culture is. I mean, a lot of people are, are really into binge watching stuff these days, whether it be, you know, the Marvel movies uh, because there's a ton of them, or you know the Star Wars movies, or whatever it is, just watch them back to back to back, or TV, these TV shows. I mean, there's a numerous TV shows that you can binge watch these days. But, dear listener, what are your thoughts on binge watching? Let us know. Send us a tweet at Entertaining Pod, and you can tweet me directly at Sith Nightmare S I T H K N I G H T M A R E. Mo, what's your Twitter? At Coach Hulk. And Q? Yeah, you can find me at Lobo Rican Power. L-O-B-O Rican Power. Yeah. Lobo Rican! Lobo Rican! <laughs> so, 
you can shoot the, uh, shoot the show an email at that's entertaining at gmail.com. Gentlemen, anything you would like to plug before we close out the show this week? Uh, I would love to plug. Uh, we had a blast. The three of us actually got together this uh, last weekend, and we did the uh, Fanboys Unlocked podcast for play some video games just uh it's our normal place video games podcast but we were doing it in honor of all things xbox i had so much fun with y'all and i just want more people to listen to it very cool it was a fun time good time had by all q how about you yeah man uh thanks for the opportunity to share something i actually have been uh watching dragon ball super online it hasn't been licensed in the u.s so it's not illegal technically because there's no licensing for it in the U.S. Funimation hasn't picked it up yet. Uh, you can, if you Google around or search around, you can find like subtitled uh, episodes of Dragon Ball Super. It's the sequel to Dragon Ball Z that came out this year in Japan. I really love it because it's. I love. I'm a hardcore Dragon Ball Z fan, and I love how like the animation is like, you know, like modern, and uh, I just love it. I love watching Goku kick butt, and uh, so yeah. If you have the chance and you're not afraid of you know searching around the internet for it. Look up uh, Dragon Ball Super. Very cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for us this week. We thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained.